Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there. Welcome. Welcome to the program. It's uh, a Wednesday, I believe, and it's May 22nd. And uh, it's the day after a primary election. And the results were, I think, uh very interesting <laughs> and um and pleasantly surprising because what they showed even though it was an abysmal voter turnout what they showed was that the electorate is wanting to throw the bums out i think and you can define bum as anybody who's been there for a bit. Now, granted, a lot of uh, incumbents uh, survived, but um, people with the backing of the mayor and of uh, city, uh, of county uh, executive Fitzgerald and um, all the establishment uh, entities uh, lost. That's not co completely true because... One of Peduto's picks uh, knocked off his biggest tormentor on uh, city council throughout his uh, mayoralty, and that is uh, the North Side's Dar Darlene Harris. She got beat. I mean, really beat by a guy named Bobby Wilson, who I know nothing about, but that's a big district that goes from the north side into, you know, up into the north, what I think of as the North Hills, because it's north of the north side, and it's hilly of the North Hills. Also, an extraordinary upset of a guy who has been on uh, the Allegheny County Council since the Allegheny Council was formed. <laughs> And that is former pro wrestler John DeFazio. Jumpin' Johnny, I believe. I don't know. John, Johnny DeFazio. Uh, he got blown out by a young woman who named Bethany Hallen, who has no political experience who has, uh, I think she's in her 20s. She is, interestingly, I mean, I'm trying to, she, she, I don't know anything about her except when she speaks. She speaks about uh, giving a voice to uh, the voiceless. She... Um, she was herself a an opioid addict. She was put in the Allegheny County Prison, uh, I think because of a parole violation. I don't know. And she can't, comes out of nowhere, I think she's 28 years old, and beats the 78-year-old jumping Johnny DeFazio for an at-large seat on the Allegheny County Council. She's got uh, fingernails of different colors. <laughs> I bet she's got tattoos in places, too. And, I mean, so the voters, and that's at-large, so that's all, I mean, that is county voters going for an absolute unknown with a jail sentence, 28 years old, and if that isn't an indication of a restive population, I don't know what is. I have to tell you, I voted for her. I voted for her not knowing anything about her. I voted for her because I saw a, a woman's name and because Jumpin' Johnny DeFazio, I'd seen a picture of him earlier in the week, and he looked to be about 110. And I thought, eh, <laughs> time to try something new here. 
Huh. So anyway, um, it's pretty amazing. She, she did not have money. He did. He had the advantage of incumbency. He had uh, the endorsement of all the unions. He had uh, state senators and reps. He had uh, County Executive Fitzgerald. I guess I'm starting to think if County uh, Executive Fitzgerald endorses you, you're, you should run. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what this means, but there's, there were some very interesting uh, upsets. <laughs> and uh, we'll have to get to know Bethany Hallam a little bit, uh, a little bit more because the article I'm looking at doesn't, uh, doesn't tell me much. Uh, she, uh, what, it says here she has misdemeanor offenses related to uh, pain addiction painkillers, and, uh, and she was jailed for a while. Um, and she was quite open about that. So, interesting. Also, I, I was interested in a, uh, a race for the school board, uh, Pittsburgh School Board. And these, these kinds of positions that we're talking about here, city council, school board, county council. These are important positions. This is where this is where so much of the stuff that impacts our lives happens. And this is what uh, so many American voters can't seem to get through their thick skulls. Um, but I had felt that uh, in my uh, district for the school board that um, it was clearly going to be a tight race. You could just tell from the yard signs. <laughs> In fact, there were more than, as I walked my dog, there was more than one uh, house that had a sign for each of the two women vying for the, so they, they, they had Batista here, and they had, um, how, why am I blanking on her name? Harbin, I think, here. Um, I don't think I said that right, and I voted for her. Uh, she's, the, she's the one who interrupted my watching Jeopardy uh, Monday night and uh, <laughs> annoyed me initially because she rang my doorbell, and then I ended up getting in a very interesting conversation uh, with her. And uh, that conversation... Uh, drew me to her, uh, Pam Harbin, and uh, she too is somebody who has not held elective office before. Both women running in that district were incredibly, uh, incredible resumes. Uh, wow, it's too bad that they both can't have seats. I guess I said that yesterday. But the insurgent would have been Pam Harbin. The one who was not expected to win was Pam Harbin, but that was a grassroots campaign that um, that was really impressive, and she knocked off again the endorsed candidate, the one who had all the had the form the the school board president, uh, the the holder of uh, this the incumbent who was not running, one and the same person. Um, she had Peduto, she had Fitzgerald. She lost. So um, anyway, my congratulations to these winners and uh, to these, especially to these young women who are stepping up. So three first-time candidates uh, won primaries for uh, the Pittsburgh Public School Board seats. In some cases, uh, they will not face um, 
competition in the in the, in the general election. So I wanted to say something about that and say that I, you know, it makes me wonder if, as we think about knocking off the guy in the White House, if we should have the courage to think outside the box. I mean, the courage to not go with what is safe because the people who are going with what is safe seem to be losing a lot. The, as I said, increasingly restive and angry electorate wants change. And I think change looks young, looks female, right? That's why Joe Biden really worries me. I like Joe Biden, but he worries me. He's the safe choice. Hillary was a safe choice, right? I mean, we're always going safe and getting clobbered. The Republicans didn't go safe. Look who they nominated. Donald effing Trump! And he won. And the one-time Democrats really decided, screw it, we're going with this guy. A guy who had barely served uh, even half a term in the U.S. Senate. Black, a Muslim name, Barack Obama, Hussein Obama. And he won. I think we need to th remember this, that the old, uh, what people, the pundits who say, well, uh, when this happens, that always happens, and uh, this is an indicator of uh, that. Uh, they, 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 I don't think they know any more now than we do, than you, me, anybody. I don't think, I think the, 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 tr the traditions, the norms, the, um, all of the things that we relied upon to sort of feel like we understood what was happening, it's all blown up. So, don't know. Um, I would like to um, get some things off my chest, if you don't mind. Um, two pet peeves that I'm, a, you know, I, they're in my head because they both happened yesterday. One took my breath away. I'm, and I'm not kidding. Took my breath away. I was going home after voting. And I turned on to my I turned on to my street. Volume is very low, I'm being told. I don't I don't know if that Barbara, I don't know if that's you or I'm not hearing that from anybody else. Just putting it out there if anybody else wants to say anything. Um, I turned on to my street and I always, you know how, you know, there it is, your street. There's a view that you appreciate because it's your street and you walk the street. Um, you know the trees, you know, you, you just, there are all these touchstones, my street. On my street, many of the trees, and this truly troubles me and it can't just be my street seem to be dying they're old they're struggling in an urban environment with which is you know with concrete around them and salt in the winter and fertile and, and pesticides and all whatever they're dying and maybe some of them are old enough, in fact, to die. But the healthiest tree, the most extraordinary of trees, 
a tree that I sometimes would just stop and stare at because it was so beautiful. It's an evergreen of some kind. I don't know. My God, it was beautiful. And I'm talking in the past tense because the SOBs whose property that tree stands stood on killed it. They cut it down. I truly believe that the cutting down (laughs) of a healthy, mature tree is a crime. Is a crime. And one so beautiful. I mean, this... (laughs) It's hard to describe. If I turned onto my street and what I saw was this like 40, 50 foot just tr- trunk with all of these all of its arms, all of its arms cut off. I felt like I was looking at a massacre site. I am not kidding you when I say it took my breath away. It was like being punched in the stomach. There is no reason that that tree should have been taken down. It was not a threat to that house. It was strong. It was beautiful. It was a gift. And some SOB. By the way, the people that cut it down are the only people on my street that had a Trump sign out. I'm just saying... I wasn't particularly inclined to like them. (laughs) A young couple. Two children. And they cut down the most beautiful tree in the neighborhood. I I really feel like I want to, I mean, I had to go to a dentist appointment right after. And I, I was even talking with my mouth open. I was still so, I want to kill him! I want to kill him! I'm sorry. It just, it's, it's, um, Arborside. That's what it would be, right? Arborside. I'm thinking, what could it be? What could it be? What possibly could have made them do that? Obviously, no ability to appreciate beauty. Extraordinary beauty. Were they what? Wanting more light in a room in their house? I don't know. There is no possible explanation. That would pass muster with me. (laughs) And they left standing a deciduous old dying tree. Clearly unhealthy tree. They took down that. I'm sorry. I I know. You don't care. I mean, you might. But I'm just. What? I, I felt like I wanted to report a crime. A crime. Anyone who can cut down a healthy, gorgeous, 70, 80, who knows what, 100-year-old tree. Like that. Bang. Poof. 
gone in a day. It was gone. It's gone. There's nothing there now. Something really wrong. Something really seriously wrong. Okay, so that's my one. Damn it. And every day when I turn onto my street, I'm going to be gut punched. And here's the weird thing. So I was at the dentist, and I'm talking to the dental hy hygienist, is that what's pronounced, about this, and I'm outraged. And I know she lives um, in the neighborhood herself. And then she began to talk about, you know those two really big trees in front of that house? And she described exactly where I said, oh, yeah. She said, well, the woman in that house comes to me as well to have her teeth cleaned, and she's getting very frightened that a storm could take one of those trees down on her house. And she's told me that every time the, you know, there's a wind uh, that she wonders, is this the time I'm going to die because one of these trees is going to fall on me? <sighs> I heard that, and I, I got sick. I got sick. I said, you tell her. <laughs> That's my tree. That's my tree. That was the tree that I've talked about is mine. That's the tree I can't walk by without touching and saying hi. The dental hygienist said, oh, well, I'll tell her. She did say that people seem to like that tree, that it has like this carved out thing at the base of it and she's seen people put their young babies or children tucked into it and take pictures. And I said, I have a picture. I have a picture of my son nestled in that tree and then I told her, you tell that woman that those two trees, I happen to know, are the only two trees of their species in the city. I got that from Tree Pittsburgh, the organization. They do a census. They know every tree. I want to report these jerks on my street who took down that tree. Absolutely. I think they're the only two burr oaks in the city. Who wrote that poem, Woodsman, Spare That Tree? Oh, is that the, is that the uh, Kilmer poem? Yeah, is that how it starts? Woodsman, Spare That Tree? Only God can make a tree. But us human beings, <laughs> we can destroy his glorious, her glorious creation in a day. Anyway, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the tree. I can't help it. Okay. The other pet peeve. I got my bill from Pittsburgh Water and Sewer Authority. Oh, I have a caller. I forgot. Is the caller still there? All right. Hello, caller. Hey, Lynn, it's Mike in D.C. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. I forgot. I was too busy. That's okay, you tree hugger. Damn! Who wouldn't be? So I live in a really wooded lot in, a suburb, in the suburbs outside of D.C. It's really wooded. I bought the place because it's really wooded. I am, I've been here for seven years, and every year or so, somebody new moves into the neighborhood, and the first thing they do the first thing they do is cut down every tree on their lot. And I have to listen to it because yeah. I work from home and I have yeah. to hear, rah, 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 knowing that this cannot be replaced in my lifetime. What is with people? And I look back on my lot and it's lovely. It's like a park. And why they want to cut it down only to grow grass for which they then have to pay someone to cut it is beyond me. 
and spread pesticides on the grass so that it looks, you know, and kill all the, you know, the biodiversity that was living in their grass and under the ground there. And a tree in this era of global warming, do you know trees are, you know, it just makes me crazy, crazy. $35 a year, one tree on your property will reduce your heating, your cooling costs in your house. It doesn't even have to shade your house. Just being 100 or 10 or 20 feet from your house, the air, it will cool the air around that tree and it will cool your house. It will save you $35 a year. So pretend you don't like them. Pretend you don't want the leaves or whatever. And the people who cut down in my neighborhood, I laugh. Because they, I think they think they're going to leaves are a problem, and in Fairfax County where I live, wait, wait, excuse me, excuse me, they think leaves are a problem because they fall. Right, and in their defense, in the fall, we have mounds of leaves on the street that are bigger than a semi truck. That's how wooded our lots are. But what gets me is you can cut every tree off of your property you want. Guess what? These from your next door neighbor is going to come yeah, on your property. Exactly. So for whatever reason, they want it to be like that 1950s, no tree, no lots, everything cleared. How could anybody think want, that that is good? How could anybody want that? And oh. if you do, there are plenty of houses on, 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 wood, on lots without a tree. Plenty of them. That's what most developers do: is they go in and cut every darn tree out of the out of the place and put little little houses on them. So there are hundreds of lots with no trees on them. So you come to this one, and that's the first thing you do. It, it astonishes me. In D.C., no, everybody hates D.C., right? Nasty D.C., D.C. this, D.C. that. If you want to cut down a tree on your property in D.C., you have to call the city and say, can I cut this tree down? Good. They come and they look at that tree. They inspect it to see if it's dying, if it can be fixed, if you have to get it treated with some pesticide or whatnot before you're allowed to cut that tree down. And if you cut it down and you don't get permission in writing, you are fined some astronomical price. Oh, wonderful. And that's what we need. We want the city to say, these trees are on your property, but they belong to all of us. Yes. They increase the value why, of your house. Why isn't that something we have? It shouldn't be allowed. Because we're, because we're too busy, because, oh, like regulations are bad. Didn't you hear regulations are bad? And right? We shouldn't have any regulations, not even in planes. Plane companies should be able to put whatever in the air they want if it can get them six more dollars per flight. And we value property. So if private property, we value that more than global (laughs) health and the beauty of community. When I mean, you know, your tree, your they did they not realize that their tree was beloved? I guess not. They don't care. They wanted a house on a lot. And when you said they were a new family. I think they wanted a house on a lot where the precious little darling can run on the sidewalk and throw a ball and don't have to be worried about that nasty tree, which is fine. Then buy a house on a lot with no trees. Dear God. It infuriates me. And it's so stupid because nobody nobody goes looking at a house and says, I saw the cutest neighborhood. There wasn't a tree in sight. Oh. Everyone who looks at these houses says, "My, what a lovely, what a lovely street! Look at all these trees, and look at the outline of the tree." You know what I mean? Yeah. And and here's the other thing: Do you know how many animals, squirrels, birds, were living in that? I mean, I I just, it's odd. It's odd. These same the same we house have does have a, in our neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, we have well, foxes in our neighborhood. We have deer in our neighborhood. We have um, every an owl in our neighborhood that hoots at night. Hoo, hoo. Um, and all of those animals have to eat things, 
and they live in probably because my backyard I'm looking now is probably the only black backyard that has not been totally deforested. And so, and everyone says, don't you love when you see the deer? Well, yeah, but you got to have a place where they can eat. Dear God. Look how cute that fox is. Oh my God, that's a fox. Yeah, but you got to have a place where its prey can live and they don't live on a suburban lot. I, you know, I, I'm sorry. My contempt for people who do not appreciate the glory of, uh, of the of nature is is I I'm sorry you know I like to think of myself as an empath I can't get in their shoes to save my life I cannot comprehend cannot uh, well hey Mike thank thank you and thank you and I'm so glad I'm not alone well one more thought on this if it is just capitalism you want you don't care about the environment having a wooded lot draws people to your house and makes your house more valuable. Duh. I don't understand why people don't get that concept. Duh. Okay. Thank you. I'm out. Bye. 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 Bree writes from Dubai. You know, he says, you're right. My mom's house in the South Hills is the only one in the neighborhood where she kept all the trees. Everybody else got them down. Exactly what Mike in D.C. is talking about. It's unbelievable, says Bree. She's the longest resident on the block, and the house looks so awesome with all that vegetation. But none of the neighbors clearly see that. What? Kathleen writes, I literally feel your pain. The pain is real and honest. A friend of mine told me the story of an ancient oak that stood on her parents' property. Her sister, a true hostile mental case, bought the property from her parents and immediately had the tree cut down. That was over 30 years ago. My friend has never stopped mourning the loss of that tree. My acquaintances... Kathleen says, in the Lakota Sioux tribe, believe that all living things are equal in creation. They call trees the standing people. Oh, it makes me want to cry. The standing people who stand and do so much for us and these imbeciles These ungrateful imbeciles. About ten years ago, a neighbor, adjoining neighbor, they're now gone, that house seems to turn over a lot, uh, told me that he wanted to cut down this big tree in his backyard that shaded part of my backyard big old beautiful oak and I who am not known to I mean I went berserk I, I said oh my god you can't you can't do that well I'm worried about you know some of the branches are over the roof of my I said so prune a little bit you can't take an old tree down for no reason. You can't, you can't, you can't. Please, God, I'm begging you. I was begging him. He didn't. <laughs> and now he's gone, and I haven't heard any more talk about taking that tree down. My God, what is wrong with people? All right, so I get to my next pet peeve. And this has to do just with stupidity of management. This is my bill from the uh, Water and Sewer Authority, which, as we know, has been mismanaged so much, so much, that uh, there's talk of privatizing it. Nobody knows what the hell to do. The odds are that our sewer and water bills are going to, like, quadruple in the next uh, 15 years, 10 years, maybe five, I don't know. 
I mean, just unbelievable mismanagement. And every month, I'm reminded of, every month they send me an envelope, a bill, and in it is my bill, usually two pages for some reason, two pages of paper, and also sometimes a little thing, uh, you know, promotional thing of some sort. And then, how kind of them, a return envelope to send my payment. However, on the very front of my bill are the same words every month for years and years and years and years and years. Right under where it says the amount I owe, it says in big black letters, do not pay. You know why it says that? The second line will tell you. Do not pay. Your account is set on auto pay. So I'm thinking, then why are you sending me an envelope? Now maybe this is not a big thing, but can you imagine all the envelopes I'm sorry, that these idiots have been sending out for decades to people they tell, don't use that envelope we sent you. I'm paying for the goddamn envelopes that I don't need, that they know I don't need, and they keep stuffing these envelopes every time. And I'm thinking, I don't know how much one envelope costs. I really don't. But, okay, I, if I kept these envelopes, I would have a stack pretty dang high by now myself. Maybe my neighbor has the same stack. Maybe you have the same stack. And at a certain point, I am wondering how much all of those totally wasted envelopes, which, by the way, come from trees that are cut down. What? Stupidity! It is just a common thing. Stop giving me an envelope. Every time you do, it makes me crazy. I think of the waste. I think of the trees. I think of mismanagement. Gigi writes, oh my gosh, Lynn. <laughs> I'm not alone. I know exactly what you mean. I live in a neighborhood where people cut down trees because they're too close to my house. A neighbor cut down a beautiful river birch. We plant trees in our yard, says Gigi. Each year we plant a rooted evergreen as our Christmas tree. A neighbor once stopped over and came into our yard and was in awe, asking, how did you get your yard like this? Well, uh, we planted trees. And not the invasive, stinky Bradford pear trees or other trees that don't belong. When that neighbor moved to a new house, we helped her plant some trees. Long live the trees. Barbara sends a Shakespeare quote. One touch of nature makes the whole world kin. Yeah. So... Okay, um, I don't know. That's it. I Oh, and there's one other pet peeve. I mean, I just saw it. I've seen this commercial twice. 
I don't know where it's airing or why I've seen it. Again, my jaw dropped. I was in disbelief. The first time I thought it was a joke. I thought, am I looking at, is this a, I thought it was like a, a commercial, a promo for Saturday Night Live. I did. Because, and maybe it is. Please somebody tell me I'm wrong. And then I saw it again yesterday. Please tell me I'm wrong. And that there is not a new game show, television game show. And I think it's called Pay Off Your Student Debt. And there's this guy, you know, there's people screaming and jumping up and down because they won and they're going to pay their student debt. And that's a show I want to watch? This is how we deal with this extraordinarily serious problem that we have created where an entire generation of millennials can perhaps never own a home, perhaps can never, they, they, I mean, all as a result of our inability to have a government that functions, that cares about people. And so we go crazy because some billionaire gets up in front of uh, the commencement you know, speech, gives the commencement speech at Morehouse College uh, last weekend and does something truly extraordinary. He informs all of those young men about to go into the into the world many of them if not most saddled with thousands and tens of thousands of dollars of debt which of course has a great impact on what they choose to do because if you got that kind of debt just starting out you're going to get a job based on who's paying me the most not on this is what I want to do. This is what I have a passion to do. That, you know, billionaires giving one graduating class or the medical school at, uh, I think, Columbia, uh, you cannot, this is how we're going to tackle these problems. Philanthropy on the one hand and a game show on the others where desperate young people compete to have their student debt retired. It's a new kind of Hunger Games. Isn't that like the Hunger Games? Uh, I'm being told my video is now ready to view on Facebook. Um, I finally posted my my dog, uh, Blue, doing Beethoven um, on Facebook, if you want to have a laugh, because it, it is funny. Oh my God, Milton, it's true. The new game show is called Paid Off. Hosted by Michael Torpy, who plays Thomas Humphrey on Orange is the New Black. I... It says Paid Off is a new comedy game show. Comedy? It's a joke? <laughs> Paid Off is a new comedy game show doing its part to help reduce $1.5 trillion of student loan debt that affects more than 44 million Americans. That's a comedy game show. Okay. Then now you see why I say 
with utter conviction that we are living in the most toxic, repulsive culture It is. It's like the Hunger Games. That's what we've come to. And it's comedy, and people will turn in to watch and be entertained. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I can't even believe reality anymore. I can't believe it. Okay, caller, go ahead, please. Good morning, Lynn. Hi. This is Roger. Hi, Roger. Um, I, <laughs> I'd ask how you doing, but I think we know. <laughs> um, the um, any anybody remember the Stephen King? book and it became a movie called Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. With game show host Richard Dawson and basically you know that and um, the Hunger Games it's, it's, it's scary and but prophetic. Um, does any is this where we are, we're, we're going to go no matter what or is it out of our control now? I feel like it is because you know, I feel like it is. It's a bigger subject than, you know, I, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. I mean, I can't even, yeah. I think it is on so many levels. Uh, the culture is uh, corroded and corrupted, and it's it's vile. I mean, what it's just vile. The popular culture is vile. What does that say about us? That's us. Uh, is, is, is it pop culture or is it just we the economy, um, the wealthy, just pushing us in a direction? I mean, I, I you know, higher education is a, just a symptom, but it just it stands out like a sore thumb. I mean, you see these wonderful stories about like you know the the dean or the or of NYU saying. He graduates right. with a medical degree. It, right. It's free tuition, tuition free, and that's wonderful. And and and, and that's, but right. it, I don't know. I mean, I just had a conversation with an accountant uh, this weekend, my neighbor, and he's talking about these stupid degrees like, you know, library science degrees and liberal arts and and art majors. We, well, how are you supposed to pay the bills? I said, you're right, but. Those are worthwhile educational degrees, and if it's being priced out so you can't pay your loan because you become a librarian or work for us, he's right, but it's also sad. He doesn't agree with me. He thinks those are stupid degrees. But what happened to the? the so I mean, he doesn't think culture. He doesn't think culture has any value. I mean, real culture, the culture of art and dance and, and all of these stupid things that some people um, see value in. I'm, what kind of a world well, do these people, they cut down trees, they, they don't see the value in what, libraries? Like being a librarian is something to be scoffed at? Are you freaking kidding me? It's all of human knowledge in these, I, you know what? I, yeah, I think we, we deserve whatever is coming our way. And not to mention what's already here. I, I, we are again an extraordinarily unserious people. Well, you know, I, my my apologies to other accountants out there, but you know, they're accountants for a reason. He's a fucking bean counter. He's a nice person, mm -hmm. but he does not see the value in art. He does not see, you know. It's just people who don't value science unless it benefits them. Otherwise, it's making us do stupid shit like recycle. And I mean, I could go on and on for this. I, I'm just so appalled at the lack of forethought and thinking. I don't know. I, 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 it's depressing. That's why I read stupid I'm so, books. Yeah, and I'm sorry that I'm I've been so depressing today. But I mean, I'm just. I mean, I th these are things that are. 
I all, I'm only talking about things that have crossed my purview in the last 24 hours. <laughs> if that was only the beginning, it's just. <laughs> <coughs> all righty. Roger, nice hearing from you. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm glad I cheered you up. <laughs> well, look, I'm laughing. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, have a good day. Bye. Bye. No, I'm <clears throat> I'm going to be okay. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to both lunch and dinner with family and friends and I'm going to have a nice day as much as I possibly can. Um go look at my Facebook page and look at my dog singing cuz that'll make you happy. Um and we have another caller. Caller, go ahead, please. Good morning, Lynn. Hello. The, the last caller, oh, this is Clarence. The last caller prompted this call because I've been thinking about this for the last few months. It, 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 what we've become is we put stuff before people, no matter what. Um, when he said that, uh, you know, accountant was talking about art and, you know, these are like wasteful degrees, and he talked about culture. And, um, yeah, it's. It, it, Every time I talk to somebody, they're more interested in how much stuff, how many things, how much money they can make, how many things they can obtain, you know. And it comes before people. If you're arguing, well, you know, we, we you know, these about these uh, migrants, you know, well, who's going to pay for it? We can pay for it. Well, are you willing to have your taxes raised? To have it? Yeah, these are human beings. Well, I'm not. The guy I'm arguing has a Ferrari, and he, <laughs> you know, and the, the, the for his. Keeping his Ferrari is more important to him than a human life. And he's, of course, he's a pro, supposedly pro-life Republican also. You know? Um, yeah, but that's that's the most important thing. You know? And like I said yeah, last week when I'm talking to kids, I said you might as well go for what you love <laughs> to do, you know, because that's all you're going to have. If you're worried about making money, forget it. The money's at the top, it's, and, it's, and I, don't see, I don't see it coming down. You, you know, know, there was a, it reminds me of an article I saw. <clears throat> didn't read the whole thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and it was, it was in the New York Times, and it was following uh, African-American uh, students who had uh, managed to get to uh, colleges, you know, like maybe even Ivy League colleges, and then how they were, it was, uh, did they, how are they doing now? You know, people that were coming yeah. out of, uh, you know, they had the brains, but they didn't have the economic resources, blah, 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 blah. And how was that experience and did they make it? And, and in the article, one of the guys that was held up as somehow, of, I guess, an, a failure? I thought was leading the most interesting life. He he lived in a one-room place in um, New York City somewhere. He did not have a fancy dancy job, but he was surrounded by art that he had created. He was somebody who, to my sense, was living a a, a wonderful life. Uh, but because he wasn't, I guess, working. For a hedge fund or something, I I don't understand any of it anymore. I don't understand people. I don't. I think it might have started probably way back when, but the eighties, you know, with the uh, you know the yuppie culture and all that stuff, mm -hmm. we're still kind of living in it. You know the. Uh, Oh, it might have started back in, you know, after the World War Two, you know, when the commercial culture came in. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah, and television and, you know, people, if you don't have this, you're not successful. You shouldn't be happy if you don't have that. You know, the the so-called American dream. It's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, I, yeah, I think, like I, I think like, so. Like I said before, I, like, I jumped out of that rat race and just yesterday and I was talking to a friend and, you know, they say, what are you doing today? I said, well, i got to go help uh, take some pictures at my friend's cooking school and pretty much nothing. <laughs> so I'm working in, you know, planting some plants and stuff. Oh, I wish you had, I had your life. Oh, that's easy. You know, drive a 13-year-old car, 
shop at the Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of your stuff. Yeah, get rid of all that stuff. <laughs> get rid stuff. of your stuff. And you, yeah, get rid of all that stuff and you'll be fine. You can Light do it. on your feet. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was talking, you were saying, uh, you don't know where it started. You said the 80s. I'm going to go all the way back. I was talking uh, yesterday to a guy I have not laid eyes on in over probably 40 years. Um, mm-hmm. But I had to call him about something. He's a very well-known uh, attorney in, in Wisconsin who's done a lot of great work. And we were commiserating about the state of uh, the world. And um, I said, I just, I said, I think I've learned more about human nature in the last few years than I ever have, and I, what I've learned has not made me happy in any way. And he said, well, you know, I, um, he said, I think of the first book of the Bible, and I'm thinking, you do? And he said, the Garden of Eden, and God says, Adam and Eve eat from the tree of knowledge, this is the story. Adam and Eve eat from the tree of knowledge, and God, and they hide from God because he had told them not to. And God says, I guess, where are you? And my friend said, just the fact that God had to ask where they were shows he's not. <laughs> I mean, why the hell he has only two human beings to keep track of, and he doesn't know where they are in the Garden of Eden somewhere? And he asks Adam, did you eat from the tree of knowledge? And Adam says, she made me do it, (laughs) right? Eve, she made me do it. And he asks Eve, did you eat? And she says, the serpent made me do it. And... He said that's the story, the first story, if you're going to, you know, get biblical, of t- the first humans, and they, their immediate reaction is not to take responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking that, you know, when everybody, they, they, what is it, I see the problem or something like that, and it is us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so, it. you know why you keep you know well the Russians are hacking. No, yes they're doing that. They're trying to, but it's the people falling for it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah they're doing it. You know just because uh, you know that uh, uh, what, is, what, what did I say? It was um, just because somebody uh, gives offense doesn't mean I have to take it. Hey, that, that, that. that's good. That's good. Just because somebody <laughs> yeah, is yeah. offering it. <laughs> yeah. I'm offering this offense to you. You do not have to take it. That's a great yeah. thought. That's a great yeah, thought. I want, that, I want that in quotable quotes, too. That, that's a Clarence Butler yeah, quote. Yeah, that's a Clarence uh, quotable yeah, quote. That's a good the, uh, You know, I've got a... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Milton I'll, has sent I'll call a, tomorrow. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Milton has uh, sent another great quote from uh, Oscar Wilde about that fits in with what you're saying, that, you know, the people, uh, we're looking at so many of our compatriots who know the price of everything and the value of nothing. Exactly. That's it. Uh, just one, one more quick thing, if I may. Yes. Um, you talk about, you know, people, you know, you, you've learned a lot about human nature. So I, you know, in the, in recently, is that people are, are basically good, but they're only good to people like them. No matter, you know, when they, themselves, you know, that as long as people think that there are others, that's the problem. And it's gotten to the point where liberal and conservative have almost become separate races of people. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. they, just because of an ideology, you know, mm-hmm. the, the people, you know, they, they, they just instantly hate each other. Oh, he's a conservative. Oh, he's a liberal, you know. And I'm like, yeah, as long as you're like, you have a person who's like you, you're good to them. <clears throat> but the others, it's the problem. The, the thing you have to get rid of the idea of the other and just recognize that ideas are simply ideas. It's not the person. 
you know, hate the sin, not the sinner kind of thought. All right. Well, you're full of uh, challenging good, uh, good thoughts today. You should have been a minister. <laughs> a minister? I like philosopher better. <laughs> okay. You should have been a philosopher. But that's one of those stupid. Oh, thank you. That's one of those stupid degrees that Roger's accountant was talking about. This is this is true. <laughs> what a philosopher! Right, somebody somebody's going to sit around and pay you to think. Um, <laughs> thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye. 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 Little Tony says he's on Facebook and he doesn't see blue singing Beethoven. It it will be there. Well, then why'd they send me that thing that it was there? Idiots. I guess it's still loading. It's still loading. Um, but it it will be there. Um, oh, we're out of time. That's it. Okay. I'm sorry. Hug a tree, will ya? Hug a tree. And punch anyone in the nose that cuts one down. I am serious. I my 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 rage is. Uh, I am. I'm in, unconsolable on, in this. Absolutely. Um, always good to be with you. And uh, I'll see you uh, tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.